Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Justin. Sidster. I'm upset about something. What is it, babe? Well, I've been really worried that on a lot of shows, like podcasts and, well, other kinds of shows, like TV right. shows. Basically, and, just like various shows. You know, things that have episodes. Shows. Right. Serials, if you will. Serialized entertainment. That they have recurring um, bits, you know, things they do to like call back to previous episodes, and everybody looks forward to them. And like they the go, slap. "Oh, there's that funny thing they do that I love." Like the slap bet on how I met your mother, or right, uh, a general feeling of insignificance while you're watching Cosmos. That is like a recurring <laughs> bit. That's that's exactly the kind of thing. Well, I don't really want to give people a general feeling of insignificance, but something like that, mm-hmm. I feel like we need that. A classic bit, like the guy who says dynamite. Exactly. Okay. Do you want to try that? Dynamite. Dynamite. No, I don't think we've got it. So, what's your know. idea? What do you? What do you? What well, should... there was. Um, okay, so this is what I thought might work well. You really uh, seem to like a certain topic that came up a couple episodes ago. And a lot of people on like Twitter and social media, you know, Facebook, all those places, see, they seem to really like it too. So I thought I'd maybe call back to, um, do you remember when we talked about cholera? Okay, so just to recap, you think that our hilarious recurring bit should be, pooping yourself to death that should be our hilarious classic bit that we return to t-shirts bumper stickers well i i mean i don't i don't find pooping particularly funny right you're kind of opposed to the scatological it's never been my my flavor of humor right (laughs) that's probably a poor choice of words indeed but i i found that a lot of people like it i mean it may always makes you laugh it does. I'm ashamed to admit it. And a lot of kids laugh when you say poop. Yeah, they do. And they're probably said it right there. Did you I hear know. It? And when I said that, I bet that there are people listening who laughed no, in spite of that. themselves. So <sighs> yeah. I, I thought maybe that would be. You've a got good... a pretty good point. I will grant you. You got a pretty good point. So if we're gonna if we're gonna keep this recurring cholera theme, I thought maybe. You should know more about cholera 
other than that one guy who drank it that one time. <laughs> that one guy who drank cholera. Yeah. yeah. All right, Sydney, cholera. Hit me. I'm ready. So the great thing about cholera. <laughs> there are great things about cholera? Okay, no, there's nothing great about cholera. But one interesting thing is that it's been around, again, a really long time. It's another one of those diseases that... You know, we talked about tuberculosis, and I think we mentioned this maybe with syphilis, but there are a lot of these diseases that, um, leprosy, that we can go back into ancient times and Mm -hmm. talk about. And cholera is one of those. Cholera is a classic. It is. It's a classic pooping disease. (laughs) One of the- You waited until I was drinking. One of the, I would say one of the three classic pooping diseases. Okay. With salmonella and E. coli. Those would be my pick for the classic- (laughs) Oh, but then there's there's always Norwalk. I don't know that you know cruise ships all over. In the underground favorite, I don't know pooping disease. (laughs) Um, so it probably started out in India, and it comes from the Greek word for bile. By the way, Hmm. it probably started out in India, and it's been around, like I said, since since ancient times. And from there, it spread basically through trade routes. You Hmm. can kind of trace where trade was expanding from India based on where cholera outbreaks Hmm. happened. That's weird. Um, A lot of these diseases early on, I mean, when you look at like smallpox, why did it go where it it ended up? It was people traveling and taking it places and giving it to indigenous populations who didn't have it before. Mm -hmm. Syphilis again, same kind of thing. So since then there have been, uh, depending on what you read, probably seven major epidemics Unless you count the one in most recently in Haiti after the earthquake. Oh, there was a bad outbreak there. That was a really bad outbreak um, following the earthquake just because of sanitation issues. Sure. And so that may be the eighth, depending on how you look at it. Really bad outbreak versus epidemic. So either way. All right. Um, It was also the first reportable disease in the U.S., which is kind of interesting. Now we have a whole list of diseases. I don't know if you knew that, that we have to report to the CDC if we encounter them. So if you run into a case of cholera, which I'm assuming you haven't. No, no, I have not personally seen cholera. That's good. No, it's it's very rare um, in this country. Okay. It's not impossible to see it, but we got one thing very, going very for us. Yeah, there's n- n- there used to be, oh, but man. now there's not cholera here for the most part. Um, but it has been responsible for killing millions of people through history, so it's a pretty big deal. Recurring bay thing, kind of a classic recurring goof. I mean, if you're talking about diseases and like the the, the important ones, that's kind of part of their job. You know, it's like that ancient battle between man and bacteria, <laughs> man versus microbe. Who wins? That's what Clash of the Titans was about. Spoiler: microbes. See, but the microbes always win for a while, but then we get better at it, and sometimes we can win. Yeah, that's true. Take that, smallpox. That's what makes it Screw a good. Screw you. Good battle. Stuff it, smallpox. <laughs> So it's caused by a bacteria. Suck an egg, polio. <laughs> it's caused by a bacteria. You um, ingest it, mainly. So it mainly comes through what we would call a fecal-oral route of transmission. That's what we call that in medicine. Did you uh, know that? Uh, why is that even a road? No, why is there a route for that? Because it's you fecal, you poop it out, and then it gets back in your mouth. Well, not in your mouth, in somebody else's mouth. And then you fe- fecal-oral. It really doesn't need to be a so right like, there. Like, contaminated water is the big thing. So like, poop board, gets in water, and then you drink it. We should board the fecal-oral route up. 
We should just board it up and put up a sign. It's like, no entry, dead end, hazardous. It's a, it's a very popular route of transmission, especially among little people, little kids. Oh, you know, yeah, they babies love Babies and kids. Yeah, they're always, that fecal oral stuff, can't stop it. Um, it causes, like I said, massive watery diarrhea. Cool. Uh, and it looks like rice water after a while because all you're really losing at that point is just water with flakes of your intestinal lining so it looks like you put rice grains in a hugely hugely unpleasant and basically the goal is to maintain hydration if you can keep somebody hydrated they can survive cholera if you can't then unfortunately they'll die Hmm. Uh, we also so it is one of those where sanitation is massive right because otherwise you, I mean, that, that suddenly becomes at a premium clean drinking water. Oh, exactly. Because it's the reason you get it is because you, you had poor sanitation. You were exposed to it in the first place. Right. And then the only treatment for it is to, you know, hopefully through oral rehydration. So just drinking, we can keep you rehydrated. Or at least if we have to through IV hydration, one way or another, we can keep you hydrated. And so if we don't have access to that, you know. We're kind of screwed. There are there isn't um, there are antibiotics that will work, but we usually don't use them. They might cut down on the duration, but most of the time, if we can just get people hydrated, that's really hmm. what we need. Oh, I know such an easy treatment, right? Yeah, right. Uh, now, as far as what what was thought to cause cholera, probably everything. Oh, exactly. Of course, we we don't we don't discriminate when we're guessing what causes things. It's, a lot of it initially was kind of our humorous theory. There's some kind of imbalance in the body. Um, some sort of internal forces are out of whack, and we need to bring them back into balance, um, which is usually done by, you know, bleeding people or causing them to puke. or We don't need to give them diarrhea. They've got that They've under. Got- <laughs> no problem, Doc. I got that one under control for you. I'm just going to give you something that's going to give you some more diarrhea to get this out. That would be nah. impossible unless you can teach my poop to poop. <laughs> I really don't think I could get additional diarrhea. Did you say teach my poop to poop? Yo, dog, we know you love to poop, so we put some poop in your poop so you can poop while you poop. <laughs> Exhibit. Pimp my butt. <laughs> Yo, dog. That was the unsurprising, not so surprisingly, that was not the lowest rated show on MTV. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not. Pimp it, my butt. <laughs> it still beat out Teen Moms. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Europeans and then eventually the Americans, when it spread there, thought it was, uh, and we kind of referenced this a couple times before, a miasmatic disease, a miasma. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we talked about that? A little bit of everything. Kind of like in the air, like floating around you. It's not so much that it's coming from one source. It's just if you are surrounded by gross stuff. It's like a vibe. A feeling. <laughs> exactly. It's like an aura. Or a color vibe. And, and it's specifically an aura around filth or waste or dirty stuff. So right it releases this cloud of something and then you everybody gets cholera. And it's also been a disease that was associated with a lot of... Um, racism and prejudice for for lack of a better term uh usually you would blame it on some other group of people who was different than you and say that they probably brought it here yeah so it was constantly blamed on different immigrant populations they look kind of cholera yeah i mean we didn't always have this and now we do and we've lived here for 10 years and they moved in nine years ago it's probably them 
Yeah. So the, the doozers br- blame it on the fraggles. <laughs> they come in to eat our buildings and they leave booby everywhere and then we get cholera. I hate the fraggles. The fraggles probably had cholera. But fraggles definitely had cholera, no question. Yeah, they have that look. That's why they kept that eating the doozers' buildings all the time. <laughs> They're dehydrated. <laughs> They're dehydrated. And then they had pica. That's the other thing you didn't know about fraggles. They had pica. That's why they try to eat the good. buildings. Do you want to tell everybody what pica is? Um, it's like a disease where you want to eat lead chips or ice or something that you're not supposed to eat. Something you're not supposed yeah, to like eat. Yeah, like couch stuffing. Yeah, it's uh, it's usually when you have iron deficiency anemia. Yeah. Good job, Justin. Thanks, Ed. So MBD. it was also thought that not only did various immigrant populations, so not one specific you know race or nationality it was blamed on everybody at some point in time but people who who engaged in what was thought to be a moral behavior um and also it was considered a disease of the poor so it was thought that if you were wealthy enough you probably wouldn't get cholera um and some of this was consistent with the living conditions of the time the lower socioeconomic classes probably had poor even poorer sanitation mm-hmm. than the higher classes even though nobody was particularly clean we were all getting kind of silly with that throwing the stuff out the window and whatever <laughs> it was it was not believed that you could transmit it from person to person um and that was mainly us doctor's fault wow really good job guys well they thought if it was easily transmitted from person to person then that the good doctor who went door to door taking care of everybody when they were sick from cholera should get it right right makes sense Well, the doctor usually didn't. So. So why? Well, part of it was just that a lot of the the initial outbreaks were spread by contaminated drinking water. So unless the doctor had a a glass of water at your house while he was there, he probably wasn't drinking the same water that you were. Right. Because he probably lived in a different part of town. And then the other thing is just, I think you see a lot of these diseases, this kind of instinctual fear. I'm going to stay away from that person. I'm probably not going to touch them very much. So even so as the doctor, you you'll show per- up and you'll kind of explain stuff and then leave. So can you spread it person to person? You can, but not through like coughing or breathing or touching. It would really have to be like, well. Yeah, I got it. You Human know. centipede stuff. So I, which is why maybe from a, <laughs> yes, by creating a human centipede, that is the only way. It's, the only, it's nature's that, most efficient cholera delivery system. It, while engaging in a discussion about cholera, bringing up human centipede is the is the absolute most disgusting thing we can possibly have done. Sorry, I am sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I probably from child to adult would be more likely. You're changing their diapers or something. Mm-hmm. That could be a that could be a source. Um, now, of course, with the germ theory of disease that we we've talked about before, Koch's postulates when he figured out that there was a bacteria and that a bacteria probably caused you know germ spread illness in the late 19th century that changed most of these beliefs for the most part but as we talked about before in that in that previous episode not everybody was convinced even by the isolation of the bacteria hmm. uh like your buddy max joe oh yeah oh max joe you let me down who eating your call col- drinking cholera water yep drank cholera water to prove that that wasn't how you got it that it, you had to both be exposed and be dirty hmm. <laughs> and he was very clean he was a hygienist um, it was also thought that maybe, maybe the disease caused you to form the bacteria somehow, mm-hmm. which is such a bizarre, yeah. like people who are sick have this bacteria. So we didn't probably know anything the, back then, Sid. We were just trying to figure it out. And I will say that part of the confusion is that not everybody who 
uh, carries cholera actually get sick with cholera. Hmm. You can be in an asymptomatic carrier state. So they would isolate cholera from the um, stool of people who didn't have disease. And then you didn't know what to make of that. Hmm. Um, it's actually a pretty low rate of people who are exposed who actually get sick. Like you can get infected with cholera and not get sick. Huh. And it's a very, even of those people, it's a much smaller percentage who actually get so sick that they might die from it, which just shows how many people actually ended up getting cholera that we've had millions of deaths. Huh. Wow. Um, and, and like I said, this was a big deal. There was a world conference in 1851 called the International Sanitary Conference, and it was purely, well, it wasn't just about cholera, but that was really the... It was, was the a hot thing. topic. It's all that anybody wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, so at the end of the 19th century, a lot of the major epidemics were subsiding, probably just because of better sanitation methods. Right. We didn't know we were doing it, but we were eliminating the conditions that Almost breed cholera. Almost by chance. Um, and at, at the same time, the doctors really started to embrace the bacteria theory. But we were still trying to figure out, like, how it was all, like, how all these people were getting it. And this is where an interesting story comes into play about a guy named John Snow, who was a doctor, an OBGYN. And also a bastard from House Stark. I don't know who that is. Well, see, uh, from House Stark, uh, it was um, Ned Stark's bastard son, John Snow. He went to the wall to defend who, us. What are you and, talking about? Who is this? From Game of Thrones. Oh, you know I don't watch that. I know, but I was talking to the people at home about Jon Snow. What if they're behind? The <laughs> this is pretty early stuff. Oh, okay. Well, they're I don't know. Right. They're all right. Did, has winter come yet? No, nah, I think winter's still in the way. Okay. In some parts, it's there. In some other parts, it's like, I don't know, it's still hazy. Well, I just see like... It kind of feels crisp like fall. <laughs> Sometimes there are commercials and it looks like, you know, cold. It does. I mean, there are parts where it's winter's just winter just chills. I mean, no, no pun intended, but winter is there in some places all the time when you go like north of the wall. This is not pertinent. Well, I hope you and everyone who watches that are enjoying that show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jon Snow and the Broad Street Pump. Now, this some people are right now uh, saying like, well, of course we all know this story. But Okay. I do want to say something. Uh, speaking of people saying, of course we all know this story. <laughs> I get nervous whenever I talk about anybody on Game of Thrones specifically because I have watched every episode of that show and I am still certain I'm going to mess it up. I still, like, I still, that's how confusing the show is. I'm still like, Jon Snow was, yeah, he was Ned Stark's kid, right? Yeah, I mean, he was, I think he was that guy's bastard son. Yeah, he's at the wall. Yeah, it's Jon Snow. Yeah, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. Say it. Go ahead, say it. Go ahead, say it. No, she won't get it. She didn't watch it. Like, somebody will get it. Say it. Somebody's going to correct you. Yeah, I'm sure. But sorry. So are you saying that like somebody that I shouldn't tell this story because it's so well known? Because clearly everybody knows this story. Not like Game of Thrones level well known. Probably not this Jon Snow story, but you go ahead. So in 1854, Dr. Jon Snow, um, he wanted to know, he wanted to figure out once and for all how an outbreak of cholera was spread. And everybody was trying to figure this out. You know, we, we had this idea about this bacteria, but where was it? And how were people getting it? And his idea was contaminated water. Uh, he, he lived in London, in Soho. And at the time, people, uh, businesses, you know, individuals would dump just raw human and animal sewage into the Thames River. Good job, businesses. Not a good idea. There were also a lot of, um, like, the, and this was all unofficial. They weren't supposed to do this. They had 
pumps and, and, you know, sewage pipes and stuff, but a lot of them were leaky. And so they would also leak into the river. So even unofficially, there was constantly sewage being dumped into the river. Awesome. Um, And the problem is that this same water from the Thames River was then being used for public wells and water pumps. A lot of people didn't have running water in their homes. They would go get water from a local pump. And jet skis, I would imagine. Right. Where else are you going to go? Jet ski. Except the Thames River. Except the Thames River. Is there a lot of jet skiing there? Except the Thames River in 1854. (laughs) So he wanted to prove that there was cholera in the water. And he had the perfect opportunity. There was an outbreak of cholera. Uh, in 1854 around Soho and so he started going around and interviewing cases and drawing a map this is epidemiology is what he was doing he invented so, epidemiology and this is a great example of it okay he, maybe he didn't invent it. <laughs> but he went around and he interviewed all these people and he kept kind of zeroing in like here where are all these cases clustered do you think he knew there was epidemiology do you think he knew he was making up epidemiology I think in part. I, I think I mean I think he kind of knew like it was a science at the time. It wasn't like that time when I was in elementary school and I thought that I invented the riff of uh, Black Sabbath uh, Iron Man. I thought I came up with that. <laughs> no, actually, Jon Snow did. Jon Snow, <laughs> Doctor okay. Jon Snow, a, no, a different Jon Snow. <laughs> Uh, so what he did is he you know he interviewed all these people he ca- he drew a map he zeroed in on this one hand pump on broad street the broad street pump and he figured out that everybody who got cholera one way or another had drank water from this pump which is pretty cool so he knew so well he thought the water coming from this pump must be contaminated he's gonna he was like i'm gonna fix cholera and then he marched right on that pump and he put a sign on it says please do not drink has cholera in it (laughs) And also, and then there's another sign below that says, please do not remove above sign. It is important. <laughs> and there's a sign below that that says, don't remove that right. sign. It's like a hole. It gets a very, hole. it gets very uh, Roadrunner, Wiley Coyote. <laughs> it was a, this was the beginning of Looney Tunes. Yeah, that's how Looney Tunes were invented. There's a cholera signs. So uh, I think along, before I tell you what else happened with this, along those, along this storyline, there's one really funny thing. There was one lady who almost ruined the whole thing. So in order for this to work, he interviewed people who Thirsty got cholera. Thirsty birth, they called her. <laughs> yeah, she he, drank from every fountain in town. He interviewed people who got cholera and asked them what you know what they what pump they drank from, and they all drank from the same place. And then he interviewed clusters of people who didn't get it to prove that they didn't drink from that. You know, because then he would interview right. like everybody at this pub. And this pub gets their water from this pump and they're all healthy and everybody at this pub, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Well, there was one woman who lived way outside the range of the pump that was the culprit. um, And she got sick and so did her niece who lived even further away. The problem was that they died. So we couldn't ask them these questions. That is maybe they were in town or something. Right. And so it was very it was very confusing. So he, he eventually found her nephew and he interviewed him and. Apparently, this particular woman, while she did not live on Broad Street at the time of her death, had previously previously lived in that area and just really liked the taste of cholera of water from that broad street pump it's more refreshing (laughs) i can only imagine the earthy body full body (laughs) the taste of raw sewage that she liked crisp because that was it. Because she would have it bottled and brought to her. 
<laughs> Bottle me up some Broad Street water. You know, if you go, it's just hot here. I don't know. <laughs> it's earthy. And so her niece had come to visit her from out of town. Try, you have to try and to this celebrate, water. To celebrate, they'd popped open so a bottle. I'm glad you're here. You have to try my special water. <laughs> Sparkling cholera water. Full bodied. Um, now, of course, with all this great epidemiology work, the, the city council didn't believe him at all. Sure. Yeah. Nobody in, in authority believed him. They wouldn't shut down the pump. They wouldn't warn people. Nobody wanted to change anything. There was actually one man in particular, a Reverend Whitehead, who believed very strongly that cholera was a punishment from God and wanted all of the citizens to believe that so that they would come to church and repent. And so he set out to interview people and prove Jon Snow wrong. And in doing so, he actually ended up supporting his case. So he went around interviewing victims because Jon Snow couldn't could still not prove that it was the sewage in the water that right. led to the collar and all that. Tests. Right. We didn't know why. That was just his theory. Well, he interviewed this Reverend Whitehead interviewed one woman who lived on Broad Street. And she said, well, you know, my baby actually got sick with cholera before anybody else did. And so. The reverend was interviewing her in hopes of finding out some horrible, immoral thing that she'd done that could prove, you know, where it all came from. But what she revealed is that when her baby got cholera, it obviously went through a lot of diapers really quickly. So she would wash them off in water, in tubs of water in her home, and then go dump the water in a cesspool, a leaky cesspool that was three feet from the Broad Street Baby zero. That was baby zero. That's where the collar came from. Baby baby zero diapers. So what a joke. Thanks for that, lady. Yeah, what a pretty a... significant collar outbreak. Thanks, lady. Oh man, that's the pits. It, I, I wanna know um how what other sort of like alternatives we had in treatments and stuff like that. Well, again, Justin, I'd really love to give you that information, but unfortunately you can't afford it right now, so you're gonna have to go settle up your accounts. All right, let's go to the billing department. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier then you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going to. Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool. Think of it as the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the Easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. What are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. So do you want to hear about treating cholera? Hit me. I'm ready. Early on, there weren't a lot of treatments. The main thing was quarantine. Sure. You know, and and again, I think that this is kind of instinctual and makes sense. Stay away from sick people. I don't want to get sick. Uh, Ships, if somebody on board of a ship got cholera, which actually happened fairly regularly, they had to fly a certain yellow flag. Hmm. And that would indicate as they docked that they had cholera on board. And you had to stay, everyone on the ship had to stay aboard in dock for 30 to 40 days before they would let anybody come ashore. Hmm. Basically, the idea being... That way, if you were going to get it, you would die. And then if you didn't die, you got to come on shore. Yeah. Kind of brutal. Yeah, that's rough. Um, there was an outbreak in New York City in 1832. So it, it ended up spreading to the U.S. We did have cholera here. Um, and of the at the time, the city had a population of about 250,000. 100,000 people fled the city. Yikes. Yeah. It's like Godzilla attacking or something. 100,000 people took off during the outbreak. So getting away from sick people was very popular. And, of course, everybody, uh, I think, remembers that in 1849, along the Oregon Trail... You have got cholera. You have died. Of course you got cholera. School children forever will know. They didn't know what cholera was. Did you know what cholera was when you played Oregon Trail? No, no that yellow fever, that was my first exposure to, like, to those <laughs> diseases. I, did, I thought they were imaginary. Do you know that my, my sister Taylor, when she was little, told her stuffed animals that one of her other stuffed animals got cholera? <laughs> she could only take one with her on a trip. Mm-hmm. Our parents used to limit the stuffed animals we were allowed to take on smart, trips. because other play. It would get pretty crazy otherwise. So she only took one, and she was afraid the other animals would get jealous. So she said, she told them that it was her Simba, her stuffed Simba, that Simba had cholera and had to go away for a while. <laughs> Need some time in the sun. <laughs> Thank you, Oregon Trail, for that excellent excuse. Um, so, some other treatments that were tried. Uh, a lot of the Indian treatments um, sought to kind of rebalance the the humors, so to speak, the different forces in the body and calm spasms. And heavy metals were very popular. Sure, like mercury. 
again, I think we've talked about that before. Mercury was a very popular treatment. Um, replacing the bad smells with good ones was important. Take so, out the angry stink and you put on the right party stink. <laughs> exactly. With so with some essential oils or some spices. Yeah, why not? Uh, it's certainly more pleasant, even if you're not healthier. Heat was a popular treatment. You can get heat by taking a warm bath. That sounds nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, friction. Rub them really vigorously. Rub your cholera. Uh, cauterize your heel. What? Like, you know, with a hot oh, iron. Okay. Just wow. cauterize it. You know, the callous Yikes. part of your heel so it won't hurt too bad. Yikes. Or even try to ligate the limbs, like cut off blood flow to the limbs so it gets all red and hot. And That's hugely unpleasant. Yeah, None no. Of this is pleasant. No, well, I mean... This is killing me. I think the idea was cholera isn't pleasant, so we've got to do, you know, we've talked about that. So we've got to do something even more unpleasant right, to get rid of it. Right. There were also cholera belts that uh, members of the British Indian Army wore. And they were basically just these flannel belts that would keep you really warm. Oh, very stylish, I'm yeah. assuming. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Uh, in the outbreak in Naples in 1854, camphor was the most popular treatment. And in North America, tomato soup. Okay, that's, that's, a, very that's popular a little better. Treatment. So tomato soup, good for skunk uh, sprays and, and cholera. cholera. There you go. Uh, and in the UK, there was a really popular herbal remedy called horseheel. Hmm. I don't know. I guess if it's named horseheel, you think, well, maybe. Maybe. Heals horses. I'm well, smaller than a horse. I've only got two legs. Uh, and of course, I've mentioned bleeding was always popular if all else failed. And then uh, later it was replaced in popularity by opium. But then <laughs> what wasn't replaced in popularity by opium right. at the time? Uh, there was one treatment account that I found um, that I actually copied verbatim because I thought it was pretty funny. Well, in my se- I, I think cholera is kind of funny, so I guess that right. gives you a peek into my mind. But you, need, you mean that with all like the care and consideration in the world. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, you got you to gotta laugh at this stuff. Right. Especially if you It's don't either have that it. or cry. Right. So this treatment involved putting a paste of lemon juice, iron oxide, and alum over a person's eyes. And then I guess leave it there and they'll get better? Maybe. So this was the account of one of these treatments that I found. This is, this is I did not write this, I'm quoting. Uh, the pain it produced vexed and enraged the sick man and he attempted to strike those around him. The vomitings became more frequent. His attendants fled to avoid his blows. He pursued them, passing by a reservoir of water, which served for the purposes of the garden. He plunged into it, drank with avidity for several moments. They surrounded him, but he remained tranquil. The enormous quantity of liquid he drank was followed by fainting. He was then removed from the reservoir and put to bed. He slept for 11 hours, and when he awoke, the vomitings and dejections, that's diarrhea, had ceased. Huh. But he was blind. Oh, no. So. Oh, twist. So what probably fixed this guy was that he drank large amounts of water. But he was blind. But he was blind. So, I mean, I guess. I don't know. There was a trade-off. He lived. (laughs) I thought you would find it interesting that James K. Polk died of cholera. I don't know if you knew that. Napoleon of the Stone. I knew you were a fan of James K. Polk. Yeah. I can. You don't want to hear this song, do you? Do you want to? Well. I don't know that we have enough time for you to perform. Maybe after. Okay, yeah. Maybe after is a special for thing you, at the just end. Just for you. Just for me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. I'll stop the recording Great. and stuff. Just private. Excellent. Perfect. Uh, I thought you would think this is interesting. There is an avian cholera. Hmm. 
I found an account of an avian cholera uh, that struck a duck pond uh, this year, in January of this year, in Redwood City, California. Um, it killed 200 of the ducks. Oof. And as a result, the pond, there was a man-made little lake where they all lived, um, <laughs> began to smell very bad. Right, because of all the duck diarrhea. Right, because of all the duck diarrhea. Ugh. Eventually, it got so bad that bird watchers couldn't go there anymore. Nobody wanted to hang around this, this beautiful not. little lake. I wouldn't go within a block of that place. And they ended up having to drain it and scrape several inches of duck oh, poop God, off the bottom brutal. of the pond and clean it up. That is brutal. Um, so what's it? What's it? What's it look like now? So what's the what's the Colorado landscape? Unfortunately, cholera is still around today. As you mentioned, you're not going to see cholera in the U.S. for the most part. Um, uh, there hasn't been a big uh, giant outbreak, as I mentioned, since you know 2010. But there are still sporadically three to five million cases of cholera each year, and still between 100,000 and 200,000 deaths, mainly in developing areas, uh, places with poor sanitation. And then you always see outbreaks of cholera anytime there's social upheaval so you need to think about that you know we talked about after the haiti earthquake so anytime when there's some kind of natural disaster that would move people out of their homes and disrupt clean water supply but also wars and refugee camps and that so kind of thing. just to reiterate we uh, this is obviously still something that's very serious and and uh, a, a, a blight on the the populace of the earth absolutely we don't mean to make fun of people who actually contracted cholera but no, absolutely yeah, not. This could. is something you can do something about because it's really easy uh, to treat. You don't need any special drugs. You don't need. You don't really need a medical degree. You just need clean water. You just need to get water to people. Oral rehydration solutions and salts. Mm -hmm. um, Pedialyte. Yeah, and that's something that you can help do. Get water. Get clean water to people. That is an easy thing. You don't need a medical degree to do it. Um, and it saves, it can save a lot of lives. So, so there's a positive thing there. There's actually something we can all do. I just want to give a big thank you to everybody who has been uh, uh, tweeting about our program. We are at Sawbones on uh, Twitter. Thanks to Sarah Blanchard. Big thanks to Alan uh, who bought a Sawbones t-shirt. I don't know if we told everybody. There are Sawbones t-shirts at maxfunstore.com. Uh, they're blue, and I, I think and you'll really like check them. Check out Alan because he looks great. Yeah, Alan, you're looking looking dope. Uh, thanks to other people tweeting about the show, like Megan Marine, Nicole Mesmer, Raf Castillo. Nicole got a uh, uh, got a Sawbones t-shirt too. Want to see pics? Uh, thank you to Teresa McElroy for tweeting about the show. Tyler Matheson, Jenny Haynes, <laughs> Anthony Wright, Kristen Aaron's Corn Porter, Ryan Thomas, Jeremy Frank, Cody Monthy. Uh, John Thomas Mason, so many others. You're all the best. Thank you very much. And you can always tweet at us at Justin McElroy. And she's at Sydney McElroy, S Y D N E E. I think that's going to be everything. Remember to go over to maxfun.org, uh, listen to all the shows in the Maximum Fun Network. If you get a chance and you got a few free days, got some vacation time coming up uh, in July, you want to go on the Atlantic Ocean Music and Comedy Festival. It is going to be a huge cruise with a ton of musical and comedy guests. I know our friend uh, uh, John Roderick is is uh, going to be out there. W. Kemu Bell is going to be out there. Uh, uh, Tony Kamen, Chris Fairbanks, who's hysterical. Lake 
Natasha Laguerra, Morgan Murphy, like a ton of a ton of people. So go to bootparty.biz, get your tickets now. Go have a drink for me because I will be Sid can't hugely pregnant and very hot. And that's gonna do it for us here on Sawbones. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday for another episode of Sawbones. Until then, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. As always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.